Welcome to another episode of Soul Feeling. I'm Tiffany. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Kobe. And today, we wanted it to be a lighter conversation because we went deep, deep, deep in the last one when we had on our four special guests. Shout out to activist and rapper and business owner AJ McQueen. Shout out to Councilman Pollard. Shout out to uh, Christian Menifee and Officer Jeremy Lehar for a powerful yeah. conversation we had with those men. I would highly recommend if you have not listened to the state of black America that y'all go over there and listen to it just so you can get a perspective, different perspective from different people in our community, different black men in our community. Um, there were, we talked about some solutions and things of that nature, but we wanted to keep it a little light, but I can't promise you that it is going to be light. So we actually do not know what each other have in store for us. It's going to be a bit of surprise, but we are going to have some uncomfortable conversations. I guess my first question is, and I, I don't know who, I don't know where I saw this question, but I was like, I really like this question. The question is, what is a big deal to you? And there's no... No, no angle, no type. Okay. Angle, nothing. What is a big deal to you? This question has so many layers, and I don't know that I'm going to be able to answer everything right now, but um, a couple of things that just stood out immediately, like what is important to me? Um, family. Family, my loved ones. Um, I just love my family so much. And it's just beautiful to see over the years how we're growing into a family, um, a closer family, should I say. And um, with my father's side, I've always been close, but just with my mom's side and my sister and I, my nieces and nephews, my siblings on my father's side as well. It's just, just they are so, so important for I mean, to me. And I would just literally, I just feel like I would do anything to, to make, to make our relationship continue to grow and to leave generational wealth behind. And, um, and so that leads me to my next thing. Um, finances are very, very important and not just, just um, having a savings account, but like really now understanding passive income, um, investing, um, growing a business. Um, what else is important to me? Family. I consider Jarvis my family too because he bae. Um, uh, what else? Education. And when I say ed education, it goes deeper than just uh, formal schooling education, just general education, whether that's financial education, whether, of course, the way the state of that this country is in right now just educating other cultures about who we are as a people, um, education about everything, because that's just one thing we know, like no matter what it is you do in life, whether that's start a business, whether that's become a brain surgeon, whether that's anything, you're gonna need ed education, so. Um, girl, it's a lot. So we'll just leave it at there, because I can be going on forever thinking about what's important. <laughs> 
FFE, Family <laughs> Finances and Education. <laughs> Ooh, I like the way you did that. <laughs> How about you, Cubby? Um, I would say, okay, the first thing that came to my mind was freedom. Oh my God, <laughs> me too. That's crazy. That's literally what came to my mind. Okay. Right? And it's the same thing, you know, that Jazz was saying, you know, just financial freedom, just like thinking about generational wealth, like those are just so important to me. Um, My background is in public health, so I'm like extremely passionate about just making sure that, especially our African-Americans, because there's so many health disparities when it comes to just us and just access to healthcare, the type of healthcare that we receive when we are entered into the system. And so just being able to have access to everything, um, just being able to have the freedom, like to do everything that we want to do, just because we just haven't had that in the past. And so it's just always been something on, you know, on top of us, something preventing us from being able to do that. So just, you know, education wise, the educational system, being able to have freedom and being able to, to have access to um, the type of education that we need and that we deserve. Um, yeah, just all of it. No, I'm glad you said that. Cause that was literally like, that wasn't my word until Jasmine started speaking, but yeah. freedom has been so heavy because y'all know I'm a Gemini and I don't like to be captivated in a box I don't like nobody tell me nothing like I realized that and I realized that's probably why it's hard for me to keep like not keep a job but be happy in a job because um because I'm a I'm a born leader (laughs) so um and so I realized like oh my gosh like I need freedom but what made me um think about this even on a grander scale though looking at it me and my brother were talking about this this world is not built this society is not built to give you freedom Mm -hmm. you know if you are looking into like an entrepreneurial uh space america specifically makes it really hard for you to have freedom because if you're an entrepreneur now you have to pay for your own health care benefits which is like obamacare like five hundred dollars, four hundred dollars, and so it's just like, uh, or you don't get a four hundred one k, like stuff like that. There's other things that you can learn how to do, but the system is made to be like, okay, we're gonna take care of you if you're working for someone else. Exactly. And so it, it makes it harder to, for you to actually make make a leap of faith. And so I just thought that was interesting, just freedom all around, but. I was just thinking about the world in general, but of course, freedom for African Americans. Now, I did want to hit on one th- thing that that when it goes to education, um, one thing that's also been coming up this week is um, that came to my mind because um, a lot of times we be like, why can't we be like the Asian community? Why can't we be like the Jewish community and just come together? Why can't we be like Hispanics and start um, these different businesses and somebody was saying that the other day and I was like you you know what we have (laughs) you know we have had um Black Wall Street we have had Rosewood in numerous black sustainable communities um I I recently heard about this um village called Seneca Village that was in New York in the 1800s and it was a refuge for African Americans Mm -hmm. um they had their own communities and all that and they tore it down 
to build a part of Central Park. Yes. So no longer am I taking anyone saying that, hey, we need to be like this community. We need to be like that community. These, these communities came over here on their own. We were brought here. And then every time we build our community, oppressors literally burn it down or make it very, very hard for African-Americans specifically. So I want, the education is a key part because if people don't know that, they'll keep thinking, well, they keep on just messing up their own stuff. They just, duh, 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 duh. no, there was war on drugs in our community. Like the Black Panther Party was, uh, they, they registered as a, a Ter terrorist group which isn't even true and then they literally burned down our communities and they literally put roadblocks in our ways to not get loans and, and the systematic oppression is so deep so I don't want for one second that black people think like we haven't done this we've done this with oh time and time again but it's been destroyed so yeah. <laughs> that is a big deal to me the education knowing that and just the freedom to be able to you know live the life you want True. And furthermore, you know, AJ hit on it last week. He was like, I, I don't have a car note. You know, I'm like, he was talking about that, that space of not having to rely on anything and not, not having to feel like he can't speak and say the things that he wants to because he like the job, like he supplies his own money. Like I work for myself. So just getting to a place where we don't even have to rely on the system that is even provided to us because very good. I think about the people, me and Kai were just talking about this the other day. So insurance, health insurance, for an example. Right. Um, with having a child, we're in a space where our deductible, well, my personal deductible is $6,000. But think about the person who doesn't have health insurance and who has to rely on services like WIC or something like that. But right. then you know, the requirements for that is, I want to say it was like, you have to be making $20,000 or $24,000. So think about if you're in a space in between where you're not making minimum wage or less, you're not making $24,000, but you work a part-time job and you're not quite, you don't have insurance. Right. Mm -hmm. In this space where you don't have nothing. Mm -hmm. You don't have anything. Yeah. yeah. And that's so too much to have, to be able to have WIC, but then you're not making enough to where you, or you're not in a position where you have a job where you have insurance. So like, I don't like provide something for those people. You know, it just, I'm huge about that. Like that shit just makes, it irks me. It is right? so painful. It, it is. is so painful. It is. And, and it's like, we can't sit up here and deny the fact that there was a, I want to say a Homestead Act in the 19, 1913 or something along the lines, very early 1900s that, or maybe it was the 1800s that provided European settlers with hundreds of, of acres of lands just for landing on the country, I mean, just for stepping foot on American soil. And so that generational wealth carries over. So when us as Black people, we need help from the system because a lot of us as a masses, let's just be honest, we, we rely on a part of the system. And so when, and it, and it, it sucks because like Kobe was saying, like once you make a little bit more money to better yourself, oh, you make too much. So now we have to take these resources away versus, you know, letting us get on our feet. And that's the way I think that uh, a, um, a long-term solution for those that are having to depend on the system 
yes, use those free resources if they are available to you, but also be putting plans in, in place so that you can build your nest egg up so you can eventually, like Kobe was just saying, come to a point where you don't have to rely as heavy on the system. And maybe you might need it for five years, maybe three years, maybe one year, who knows? But use the resources because let's let's just say say it for what it is resources have been given out to european descendants from since the beginning of time like their biggest wealth leap was the slave trades like we were actual commodities we they sold us like we were acres of land we were even worth sometimes in some cases worth more than acres of land so it's like we were property and so if you factor that in once slavery abolished all the wealth that was generated from slavery was still stored in savings accounts and investments accounts for the other races, so to speak. So, well, white people, not other races. So it's just like, when you think about that, and I wanted to talk about this as well, because it was one of my, my questions, because, you know, in all honesty, everyone can't just walk away from the system right now. But that just leads me to the question, and we, talk, we asked this question at our last live show. Do we as Black people, get a seat at the table or do we go and build our own table can i can i mention something before you um yes that you said so you said we we all of us are gonna need all, all of us can't not just leave the system or something like that you said something mm -hmm. like that but the the most important the most important part is to actually know that you're in a system yeah mm. a lot of people don't know that they're in a system mm. so how are you supposed to get out a lot of people mm. really think they aren't good enough, really think, well, let me just make this 20,000 and sit on the porch and get, get my wig, get my everything. What needs to be in place, and I really thought a lot about this because the apartments right by um, where I work um, in Southwest Houston, they they are like affordable housing, right? Mm -hmm. But you only you can only make $30,000 or below. But once you make 31, 35, you got to go. You can no longer get your, your $600 a month, $300 a month apartment. But oh. instead, now that we know how this system is working, I've thought about this. Like, if I, if I ever was to own an affordable housing complex, I would make it to where um, three, so you, your rent is low if you make um, 30 so you you okay so if your rent is if you make a certain amount you could come in right but in order to stay there you actually have to do things like apply for a job or start a business or start making more money for it so you could stay there and then keep those people at a affordable price for whatever they're going up as you can't like if you're gonna do it the other way there's no winning there's no but you know they don't care about that no i agree but we, we can make it we can make it I agree and disagree. So you said that most people don't know that they're in a system. I say most people do know they're in a system and they choose to stay in that system and not better themselves because that's the scary part. It's like, okay, if I make more than 30,000, then I'm gonna be on my own. Now I'm forced to do this on my own and I have to keep going. I have to keep making more or I have like, it's, I don't have anything to fall back on. So true, so, so true scary part and that's where you know where you're saying education is so important like it is education organizations like you know be busy you know just all those organizations that are catered to helping black people succeed is important yeah, yeah. I, that's why i'm saying like changing the system i'm more yeah. trying so because like 
but no, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You, know, you have to you have to give an incentive for people to want to do better. Exactly. Because if the incentive is just go out on your own <laughs> and figure like, yeah. but if the incentive is, oh, because we have to think about it. To me, and I'm glad we have a, like kind of a, kind of a difference of opinion. But to me, it's more it's important to know that we have really been hurt as a community, like traumatized, like still to yeah. this day, especially looking at the news now, traumatized. And there has been so much that has been banged into our head about the, our worth. Whether you have been spoken life into for, for ages, some people still want a curlier hair texture. Some people still want to be lighter. Some people still want to be viewed in a different way because of anti-blackness that's been viewed at us for our entire lives. They still are cracking jokes about being dark-skinned. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes. And so it's just very important to have that education piece because we are so knocked down that it's okay for us to be able to provide resources for us to get back up. Like we need reparations, not only monetary reparations, we need like morality reparations. We need a lot of positivity to get us back on track. And I mean, we come a long way and we're still magical and it's amazing, but it's just like, it has gonna have to take more, you know? Yeah, because it's such a dense, it's such a dense topic, like you said, people think like, oh, just because we're done with slavery, that uh, y'all should be fixed, y'all should be able to just thrive on your own, but like you said, that's when that education piece comes about, and that's where we have to realize that we are all teachers and we are all students so every time we learn something even if we don't know it all and know all the history and back in such and such this is when the first um black wall street massacre happened and terrorist attack on our own people even if you don't know all the facts the little bit that you do know you can teach someone else and then it becomes a spiral effect so it starts with the education not just educating others but educating ourselves if we can learn as much as our culture learn as much as our history learn um ways where we don't have to be a we have to be dependent on the system because um i was just thinking and i wrote it in my notes it's just like and i and i it's just it's a very touchy topic because we know what we have gone through some of us know some of us don't and because of society in in we we really don't even acknowledge a lot of what's going on and so this is what i love right now about this the black lives matter movement is because more people are speaking up and a lot of people are like oh i just can't wait till this passes but i see more people now speaking up educating than ever before and so that's what i think it starts with that education piece educating ourselves educating others and then through the educating ourselves and through the educating our um, others, we will then begin to learn how what different ways we can combine resources in different ways, how we can grow ourselves. But one thing I did want to talk about is the system. And now when I think about it, at one point I was just like, okay, um, we can change the system. But then I realized, like AJ was saying, you can't necessarily change a system because the system is designed to do a certain thing all you can do 
is create a new system. And so as black people, I feel like our system right now that we're creating is we're, we're understanding. We're trying to figure out solutions. So even right now, the system that we need to create is just to educate ourselves and educate others. Maybe we can start there. But the reason why I said that, because you think about McDonald's, and I love using McDonald's because we can all relate to this. So if you think about McDonald's, we all know McDonald's has a, whether you hate McDonald's and you think it's GMOs and it's terrible, unhealthy food, they have an excellent business system. And so when you, let's just say if I tried to become an advocate against the McDonald's system and to turn it into a Whole Foods or like one that caters to healthy eating, like advocate but the McDonald's system is not designed to be a health food system. It's designed to be fast food. And so no matter what I try to do, the system is designed to go against health. So I can't implement, I can implement a smoothie here and there, but what they put in the smoothie, turbinados, um, GMO fruits, <laughs> like GMO, like all these different things. So it's like, it's, and even, and um, I'm reading this, um, the book by Robert Kiyosaki as well, and he talked about in there how his father, um, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, how his father was um, a teacher, his actual dad, that's the one he calls Poor Dad. He was a, um, a teacher and he was um, like the president, most revered in the teacher's union. And the reason what drove his, his father is because he saw how the school system in Hawaii was literally... It was grade A top students, but they were failing them on purpose just so they can go work at the sugarcane um, factory around the, around the, in the town so they could keep the economy flowing. And so he was like, when I saw that, I, became, I vowed to devour my life to becoming a teacher so that I can change the system. And he said, my father spent his whole life trying to change the system and it never worked. And I was just like, wow. He was like, because the system was designed to go a different way. And so, like, and just like, think about it. As a biology teacher, we have different systems that work together in our body. We have, what, 12 different systems, the integumentary system, the cardiovascular system, That's the right. skeletal system. You can never change the immune system to be the skeletal system. It's just not going to work. You cannot change the integumentary system to be the lymphatic system. You, it's just not going to work or the, the nervous system to be um, any other system. So the thing is, the point I'm making is we, will, we can try until the end of times to change the system or, and, I, and this is what it goes to that, that question I was asking, should we get a seat at the table or should we build our own table? I honestly think in the education mindset, we can learn a lot from the systems that are already in place. Use these systems like it's your internship. Like we trying to gain as much knowledge as we possibly can until we can take that knowledge over into little by little. And maybe you might just plant the seed and have to pass the baton on to, to your kids, kids, kids. But at least you will plant a seed and start somewhere. But I, I think now that I'm just looking at this from a whole, whole masses, I, changing the system, it just... It's like we've been trying to change the system since the beginning of time. And have we made changes? Yes. And I feel like, yes, we should continue to make the progressive changes. And those that are called to be a part of the system, go ahead and be a part of the system, including myself. Myself, I mean, we still should be as active as we are because you don't want to have a system and you don't know what the heck going on in it it's a, or not have a voice at all. But for the long term, my belief personally is that if we really, really want to thrive, we shouldn't fight the system. We should 
focus on any when i say create a system that could just be as simple as kobe was saying like earlier creating these organizations that can educate others that can help others putting resources together and sometimes i know we get down on ourselves as a people because it's just like this whole system is set out against us and it's nothing that i can do individually but it is something you can do individually and we already have been doing it individually is all of these resources in place by african-american people that have dedicated parts of their lives to 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 see black people flourish in different areas and with different resources so these are have been systems that have been created to help us but it's like um going on and on you hit the nail on the head and the last thing i'm gonna say about it is i saw a tweet i can't find it or who it was but they said you can't google something that God you like needed you to create, like that you're supposed to create. Like it's on you. Like we and it, it's, not gonna be everybody. <laughs> it's not gonna be everybody. Kyle was just talking about, you know, it's hard for some people, you know, to help the community because they thinking about, you know, their personal families. And I'm like, I get that. But it's on the people who have already, you know, hit that point where money is not a factor. You know, it's like I have this abundance of resources. I have these abundance of access to money. It's, you know, up to those people in places. There's a black CEO at Chase right now. You know, it's it's up to those people to say, okay, I have to make this change. I have to do these certain things, put these, implement these policies. But yeah, that's you you hit it. It's gonna it's gonna take the financial industry, education, people, um, within these corporations to you know give have access to certain jobs uh somebody was talking about you know just the ceo the boards of different uh companies uh like nike no black people at nike mm. and we are the nike. largest consumers of nike exactly and this is what i have to but it's a certain companies that where there are black people on the board and it's just one and every company who did have the one black person guess what the position was diversity diversity and freaking inclusion mm -hmm. that was their title yeah damn so one black person who is that just goes to show who was in an executive position was over diversity and inclusion that don't even make no sense so you see what they think of us but you know what um but yeah to answer your I question agree. i mean I jazz I think it's both. You, I mm -hmm. think it's both. Um, have a seat at the table, and bring that seat. Because the person, I mean, have a seat at the table and create your own damn table. Because, um, so y'all know my nonprofit finally. Oh y'all, did I tell y'all my nonprofit? I have a nonprofit now. Like you don't know the name. <laughs> oh yes. Oh, uh, I'm still scared because I'm okay. still scared to say the name because it's not a five. Uh, three C yet like okay. that process going on but like okay. in the state of Texas I'm a nonprofit. So, yes y'all please y'all support this, this all the way this like 100% the idea I got is it go you can't google it let's just say <laughs> <laughs> but um it's just opened my eyes and um why I say you need to build your own table it's just specifically because what Kobe said, you can't Google what God has for you. If you have a vision and you know it's from God, you have to do it. 
the system can actually help you out right now there are so many grants out there for startup businesses for startup nonprofits that are helping the black community and sure they system might not be perfect but if nike sends me 100 g's to help my community i'm taking it so <laughs> can't be so far like you were saying jazzy from the the system we have to learn the system so we know when it could help us and when it can't but know around the system know what's really going on and know how it can help you better your particular system that you want to have and then also learn from that system because i was listening to the breakfast club and i was telling kobe this yesterday um about why about like why politicians make certain decisions so it's like this doesn't even line up to who you say you are right and a lot of times it's because they aren't moved by their own particular morals they're moved by who gave who funded their campaign and so exactly. what we don't see is or some people don't know is there's um there's a pact with Planned Parenthood. There's a pact with the NRA who put money into campaigns. So when you need that um, legislation to be moved, you you don't you don't just you get to call the president. You get to call your your city council person, your mayor, your governor, and say, "Hey, not nah, I need the money to go over there. I need you to vote on this because it benefits our organization, and we gave mm -hmm. you a million dollars." And so see that and say okay now um this is what the lady was saying so it's not me saying this but the lady was saying like we need to create packs which there are packs that black people mm -hmm. have we need to create more political packs so we can say hey we gave you money we need you to vote this way and me particularly you know if that's who that's what you want to do me particularly that's not my mindset but I believe that that's a system that works that black people could have, like political exactly. black people could have. If they need me to invest a little money, then if I got it, I will. You know, I think for my organization, particularly, even though it's a nonprofit, um, I don't want any political ties. I don't want any political ties because I don't want, um, unless it's like, I don't want to feel like I have to do something um, mm. that I don't want to do. So, that's just that but yes to answer your question build that damn table and then have a seat at the table so you know what the hell is going on real talk, real talk. And it, it, it just, it's not a bad thing and I, it just gets under my skin to think when black people talk like this this empowering talk like how we need to have a seat at the table we need to educate ourselves and know what's going on it seems bad and black people like oh no we we, we it's just like we have this subconscious fear like we have to stay in our place and mm -hmm. i don't want that to be because every other culture does this this is a cultural norm in all other cultures look at the gas stations you go to it's pretty much all owned by middle eastern descendant of people all and they're pumping the the money from out of different communities and they're taking it back to their own you go to the nail shops and no matter what community white black chinese indian whatever hispanic they're going to be predominantly owned by the Asian descent and they're going to take those those earnings and put it back into their community. And so it's like, this is this is not a secret. This is just something that I can't even say that we're not doing or that we haven't done, because, of course, records and history has shown that we have done this. Black people have come together in the past. but We just have to 
And I, and I constantly want to remind us that we have had Black Wall Streets in different places where it was a full functioning Black community and we were thriving so that we can know that since history repeats itself, we just have to take that leap of faith out and actually do it again. It, or maybe it may not come to where we all need to buy the same block, but right now the way businesses run, you could be supporting a business in New York, California, wherever the case, like just from sitting at your home and it could be a black owned business. So just being, the point I'm making is being very intentional about and strategic about where we're spending our money as black people. And so it, I don't know, I can't remember who brought up this point, but it made me think like, yes, black, like us as black people, we may not know where to go from here, but that education piece, that education piece, like as long as, we start educating ourselves like let's just start there educate it, it will eventually because the th point i'm trying to make i want us to hold our own selves accountable i don't want us to depend on the government or wait on the system to come and try to rescue us or wait on healthcare. care i mean not healthcare. uh medicaid till we retire at 65 like use whatever resources Please. we have right now like all we have is right now. Yeah. Use your right now to build yourself up in whatever that arena that may be. Maybe it's a nonprofit. Maybe it's financial, economics. I don't know. Whatever it is, but I need y'all to really go hard for yourself. And when we say bring, you know, have a seat at the table and build your own table, I'm thinking you got to build it. Before you can build a table with other Black people, you got to build a table in your own immediate life your own immediate family so that you can have something to bring to the table so it's like build yourself up first get on your own two feet and i mean not saying you can't collaborate with other black people as you're doing this but you want to make sure that you have something so that you can bring it to the table so i'll say that one of the things that's very important because you say we have to build ourselves first our families first but like even deeper what I took from that was building yourself first um because that self-love and that positivity and that divine God energy like we need that to make a real change um because like even with starting this nonprofit, like it's so frightening you you don't like you don't think about the things that just be going through your head like can I really do this you know, so much doubt, so much, it's scary, you know? And so we have to focus on, it goes back to our um, episode, vibrate higher. You your energy has to be up. People are going to try to bring your energy down. You need to keep your energy up despite what is going on out there. You still have to find that joy, that peace, in belief this is such an important time for us to get closer to the most high god just to, to the to take time to to vote to him in the morning because it changes everything when you're leaning and having faith in god to say look i don't know what i'm doing you gave me this plan but i believe that you make miracles happen and i know you did not put it in my head for no reason so shit, i don't know what the heck i'm doing but i lean on you and i have faith I believe in you and I believe in me that I can do this. I am valuable. Like that's why affirmations are so important guys. Like you have to speak life into yourself because how do you think that you're going to make a real change if you can't, if you don't believe in yourself or you don't have the tools 
to be able to uplift yourself when things seem dark, when, when things don't even seem possible. So, you know, that's a really big thing about our communities. Like, that's why everything is very important. Like Yogi Jazz, she had that, um, that meditation to re reimagine the black male experience. You know, we have, this is not only like a physical war and it's both, it's also a spiritual warfare. You know, we have to fight inside and out, but I don't, I need to, I just want to stress the point of keeping your vibrations high and keeping your mind focused on the most high God for real. <laughs> like, like it's yes. imperative. Yeah, it is so imperative, like so so imperative. Because when you have a vision that's bigger than yourself, you're gonna need a, a energy, a spirit, a guy that's bigger than the situation itself, so that he can push it through, move those un unmistake. What is the word? Unmistakable mountains. That's not the word, but like just can move mountains, guys. The ones that you never thought that could even be moved, like. I think honestly that's something that our people has that's just embed, embedded in our people like we are very spiritual people by nature and I think that we have to go to the root like content it's not there's nothing we can't do without God and God constantly keep on proving that to us time after time after time again so like you were saying Tiffany you're absolutely right we first have to get in communion with God have that quiet time i'm a firm believer believer like when you have quiet time and spend time with god he will move some mountains in your life he will move some mountains in your life i know it to be true we've seen it seen it we're at the 35 minute mark y'all okay. one more thing to say about blackness <laughs> yes <laughs> before because i know y'all also have other questions that was a great question, Jazz. But um, my mom brought this point up uh, about numbers. And I really believe, like, God is amazing. The fact that he made the world stop so we could focus on, like, Black issues. I really feel like he's letting your, like, he's freeing us. He's letting our people go. And my mom was talking about how, you know, slavery was, like, 400 years ago. And 400 mm -hmm. is the, she looked up the number. We're really into, like, numbers and stuff. Um 400 is the number of like an ending and the ending mm -hmm. of slavery was I think or the start of slavery was 400 years ago I think 16 19 and then 2019 so now we're in 2020 now change is here mm -hmm. so it's just like wow. this is the time 400 That's wow. 16 19 to 2019 now and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong but 2020 is now the change and that's why we're seeing this whew, this halt this let's get this right oh and one thing i in the thing with belief is i firmly believe that even though there's so much evil and there's so much corruption <laughs> i believe there's way more good people in the world i really do like we see our non-black sisters and brothers on the front lines with us and there's yeah. people who you know, this system has been made for a long time and it's been made when slavery was going on, but not everybody thinks like that. We've just been so consumed by the system. It's the only system we know. And so mm. even our non-Black brother and sisters are coming and say, no, nah, we got to tear this down too. And I think that's mm. just such an important thing is, you know, a lot of times we think the system is so big, but it, 
it's not the fact that it's just so big it's just being here for so long um but we have to also believe that there's so there are more good people and positivity in the world that we can actually be able to make a real difference and a real change so the cycle doesn't have to go on of us building the black community and they're taking it out no they're going to build a black community and we're going to be able to keep thriving because it's 400 years later and we about to be free <laughs> so that just gave me chills I was Girl. like wow 400 and what was it 1419 1619 1619 I just wanted to talk about and I know we over here saying I'm over here it kind of contradicts because I'm like yeah we should build our own system but I really think we should really exercise as a people because a lot of times I talk to our people and we only make up what 14 13 between 13 and 14 percent of the population 12 percent 12 oh when yeah, <laughs> most oh people say 13, but lately I've been looking at studies from an HIV standpoint. It's been so even saying 12%. Okay, I'm gonna need us to have some more babies or something because why <laughs> we drop But some complaints, right? Um, no, but I just oh, and you know, another thing, and this brings me to my next topic one of the reasons why, um, our um, population demographic can fluctuate is because when a person is incarcerated they don't include them as an entire citizen mm -hmm. I'm not they include them as like half or something of that nature so we may not even be getting the full accurate number but that's another topic for another day but um that that just speaking of incarceration uh, in the topic of voting they, I think the numbers are for the incarcerated, for African-American people, like 70% people that are incarcerated, and yet we only make up 12% of the population. That, And so when you look at that, once a person is incarcerated and they have, um, I, I forget the type of charge, they then lose their rights to vote. And it's like, you think about that, and it's like the numbers of incarceration is so high for like petty crimes, y'all, just loitering, um, like very petty crimes, but they're getting these very heavy charges that's taking away their rights. Think about it, taking away their rights. And so it's a lot of times we use, and I've been there, and this is why I really wanted to speak on, like, forget the system, voting is dumb, like all politicians do is lie to us so forth and so on and and maybe a lot of that may be true but it's like if if voting wasn't important why are they trying so hard to strip our rights away with a drop of a hat it's like um and now it's to the point to where we don't even feel like our voice matters so it's like they already won the fight it's like they don't even have to do anything because we already defeat our ourselves by saying i'm not gonna vote we take our own power away from ourselves by saying like I'm not gonna vote because it don't work so will voting change everything probably not as we know but it's still it's it's a principle guys and that's what I think for our people we have to learn to adapt we have to learn to adapt a certain level of order and principles that we are gonna stand behind and not budge no matter what and if Exercising our freedom of speech and our right to vote is one of them. That's one that's free, completely free. We don't have to do anything but stand in a line. I feel like 
collectively, if we can collectively increase the percentage of African-American people's, I mean, African-American people present in the voting polls, it will show another level of, of, of growth. And the reason why I'm not just saying go out there and vote and just vote for somebody because they're Democratic or vote for somebody because they're Republican, I'm saying literally is gonna take that educate word. That educate word has been has been key this whole whole podcast because we have to educate ourselves on the candidates, educate ourselves on the policies, and go and take that action to vote. Because I, I honestly, I feel like if it wasn't important, they wouldn't try so hard to stop our vote. So it has to have some level of importance, whether they do rig it or not. It's still some level of importance that shows that we are serious. And then we only can build from there. We'll only grow together from there. Like imagine if 90% of the black population was educated on systems that were going in, because when you're voting essentially, and what has what typically been done in my family, the, the way of voting, oh, they democratic, so we gonna go vote for them. But no, if we honestly peeled back that layer and took it a step further and educated ourselves in new policies and actually knew, like had information backed behind our voting, that could change a whole we'll be a, a generation a population that's a, a lot more educated in the political system because i know for me i always say i'm not in the politics i'm not in the politics but being honest politics rule the world and so it is important to know something about politics it is important to know something about the policies that and the laws that are being created i mean we look here we have our black sisters and brothers being killed and no policemen are have been charged like from eric gardner to to um, trayvon all the way back since trayvon martin sandra bland all of these cases and it's like the reform that we want it is going to come through the voting election i mean electoral system it may not come from the president elect elections but it will come from a local i mean it, it will start from a local elections and so i just know as a people, I don't know why I, I felt compelled to say this, but I feel like we should use our voices. That makes me happy. Yeah, I agree. Um, I totally agree. And I'm glad you said something about voting because we, I mean, I know where you used to think. <laughs> Girl. Um, um, but I mean, that's, that's what's so beautiful about all of us is evolving. And there's a, um, there's a, a meme going around a quote on Instagram going around it's like once you have more information it's okay to change your opinion and you know mm -hmm. a lot of times we get stuck on our opinions because this is what we thought one day but if you get more information you, you it's okay to change your mind on things and voting is so important like you said jazz you know even we just saw in Georgia how they try to suppress the vote there by not even having you know different voting stations there they have those people outside in line for all for a long time so yes voting does make make a difference um and, and if, if it wasn't important why would they go through these extremes and it's very extreme it's very extreme and and then also just knowing the how important it is to vote on a local level and you know and be be weary because just because people are black just because people are democratic what we need to focus on is what are you actually voting for um because we've seen it recently <laughs> you know we heard person going in for the black community 
really trying to stay really against police brutality, really for police reform. And though I believe that is true, they voted the other way. You know, they voted for more funding for police. And so if we're able to know who are actually in these positions, we don't have to tear them down essentially, but at least we'll know, be like, hey, call them up. Say, yo, we saw that you voted this way. We didn't like that. What's the reason behind that? Just know that our vote isn't like, it isn't, it ain't just, I'm going to hand it out. Like if people, and I feel like it has to come to the point now that, um, I want to know on I don't on the news. I don't necessarily want to hear about every single murder that's going on. I want to I want to really see like what what are our politicians voting for? You know, mm-hmm. this this happened today because we don't know. All we know is what they say, and that's with anybody. People um people put on a good front of who they are, mm-hmm. and they may as well be that. But we need the actions to line up, or at least explanation. You know, right. so if we are getting more into politics and stuff like that, because you're right, politics affects a lot of things. You know, we needed to make it more visible about what people are voting for just so they could be held accountable even more. Because if you see what I'm voting for, I'll, I'll make sure I'll vote right, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Because, like, if you see, if I'm in the booth voting for Trump and I'm on Soul Feeling Podcast, you're going to be like, I'm not, I'm not dealing with that. But, you know, you have to, it always goes back to what y'all say um, in the book that I've never read, be impeccable with your word. And that's, that's a big thing that I've been trying to do more often. And it's hard sometimes to be impeccable with your word, but it's a good principle to try to keep. Yeah, I agree. It's not, you know, voting is important, but it's not just enough just to say I voted and that's it we have to keep doing the work we have to keep doing the research we have to keep our foot you know on their necks and we have to keep holding them accountable to get the things that we want and to see the things in our community change yeah but and that's an uncomfortable conversation it is it is yeah. but um when Jazz was talking about some statistics and things about black men I mean about black people it made me think of a video that I saw with the uh roommates and um, they were talking about women's big, biggest frustrations with men. Mm. And like I said, I haven't watched the full episode. I'm just basing this question, which I don't even know what the question is, but I'm basing this next conversation around just this one clip. Okay. okay. So with knowing that it's only 12% of uh, the world is black people, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, we know you can date outside your race and do other things, but you know, we, we love seeing our black love. Okay. So with that in mind and knowing that, okay, is more women than men. Right. Mm -hmm. And then with black women, it's more educated black women than black men. Right. Mm -hmm. So as we start to progress and we start to move through life and certain situations, um, start to alter us, we start to want to only be with a certain type of man right mm. and because of you know incarceration rate because of you know certain things this list this group of men you know is is here is now getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller right and now as black women we're frustrated we're like why is there no black men where are they 
So, <laughs> like I said, I don't know what the question is. It's, it's kind of, do we have to change our list? Do we have to be a little bit more open? Do we, you see what I'm saying? Because it's not going to always, like, be a Black CEO, you know? It's not a lot of Black men with men. They are, and don't get me wrong, it's a lot of Black doctors, Black lawyers, we, they're starting to accomplish big things and do big things, but still that number is not as big as the women out there. Does that make sense? For that, I, I agree. I agree with the statistics. Like when you look at the really numbers, do. when you're looking at the numbers. And oh, also in the video, the guy mentioned, you know, you take away the Black men who are dating outside they race, who dating other women, you know, not saying, you know, who not even dating Black women. They like I still like the other races. Uh, that, I, 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 see, I understand with the numbers, but but I have a big but. I agree with the numbers, but I also still feel you get what you manifest. Like you can defy those odds. You can defy those odds. It might be a scarcity, a lack of black men, but if you have it in your mind that I just feel like God can do the impossible and when it's, or you might, it might not be a black CEO because he waiting to be groomed into that CEO and he has a high willingness to learn, so to speak. Okay. But that's just my views. I feel like it's still possible. I feel like yeah. it's still possible. But of course, no, I had, I'm not up there where I have a multi-billion dollar, million dollar business. Mm -hmm. So I can't, you know, speak from that place, but I still somehow feel like, it's a, a single black man out there waiting for his his single black queen that's successful and that they are ready to grow together. But that's just me yeah. being positive, putting a positive. No, and to your point, to your point, you know, the, what, going back to the statistics about degree, it might be somebody you're with. You like, I want somebody because I went to college and I know the importance of college and the things that it does mm -hmm. to you and how it helps you. It's a lot of black men who may have started going to college but not, might not have finished. They might not have gotten a, gotten a college degree. So mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that that, could, that can't happen. So to your point is that, you know, you might be good with them and they might not have that degree, but 10, you know, five years down the line, you know, that could change. He might get that degree. He might, you know, things change. So I'm just talking right. about the openness and being able to just cancel out somebody because, oh, they don't have a degree. Oh, they have a kid or, oh, they, you know, they've been to jail right. Oh, they, you know, and, and these right. are tough things. That I'm, this is uncomfortable. It is. This is. Can, can I answer? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Um, I my point was going to be exactly Jasmine's point, and I love that because yes, you you get what you think you deserve. Um, first off, and then also like yes, you can manifest the man of your dreams and know that he's on his way. That too. But when it comes to, that's why it's very, the statistics and the level of education and stuff like that. Um, I think it's very important for black women to know the circumstances of black men. Mm -hmm. um, I always say that I'm blessed. I always say that like I'm in a certain level of privilege because my mom had a great job and I was raised in the suburbs. I've dated men who had it way harder than me. And so since I know their circumstance, I know it's not as easy for them to go to college as it was for me. And I mm. think that's what we have to really think about too. I think we should stop looking at the degrees and the positions mm -hmm. and the make and some mistakes. Yes, put into consideration, 
but you need to be more focused on the characteristics of that man. Um, and I'm not talking about potential, but what they're actually doing. Are they really starting a business? What do they actually do on a day-to-day -day basis? Are they playing video games all day or are they actually working on their business plan? Or are they actually going to school? What are they, what do they say, you know? And then really kind of, that's how you choose a partner. I, I, I've never tried to pick a partner based off of something like, to me, as minuscule as a degree, don't care because you could not have a degree and still be a millionaire <laughs> you know what i'm saying and so i'd much rather have someone that is good to me that i could see working towards something that's very important and even though you know it would be great to have a guy who has a good job who has benefits so i could marry him and be right under his health care plan <laughs> but <laughs> and it would also be great to grow a business together with my partner and then be able to buy our own um, health care through our own business. So, you know, it's really who do you want to be with? I'm not, I, I, I stress, don't always look at the degrees and the positions, positions and, but look at the characteristics of who they actually are because um you will lose out on a lot of good men because like you said they might not have a degree now they might not have that job now they might not be that ceo now but if you date a man with the characteristics to become that or are becoming that currently you're gonna miss out and be looking three years down the line like oh that was oh that was the guy that guy's in the back of the street oh he got up yeah so yeah be open it's very important <laughs> i do have an if, I didn't know if y'all want to go further on this conversation, but I do have a question that was geared towards relationships as well. Would y'all yes. like to hear it? Yes. Okay. So um, Deborah, she posted um, this uh, Instagram post on her Insta story, and it says, the hardest relationship is the one after your toxic relationship. And this one made me really, really clicked something in me because you know my last relationship was <laughs> a very long time ago um, like an actual relationship boyfriend girlfriend and i'm in every not even relationship but trying trying to get into a relationship i don't want to say that but just dating afterwards um has been hard uh because not hard but just i didn't realize that i was still so hurt by my last um my last situation and it really i didn't know at the time really affected me how i dated men moving forward and it wasn't until i saw that day post the other day i was like oh that's why <laughs> and so my question really is like what um what do y'all think about that mean basically it says um your your hardest relationship is the one after the toxic one and then um what have you learned from your past relationships Ooh. so when you say toxic relationships it, it doesn't have to be boyfriend girlfriend it can be situationships you know yeah things. it can be it can be I, i'm gonna answer it mine and maybe that will make the my question make more sense mm -hmm. so so i wouldn't even say that my relationship with my my first boyfriend which was has been my only real boyfriend of like five years um i won't say it was toxic necessarily but 
um, the pain that was associated with the breakup was so astronomical. <laughs> like, it really hurt me so bad, like, to my core. And so moving forward, and I've said this in other podcasts, um, I was looking for a perfect mate, uh, someone I knew off rip before even dating them that this could be my husband, you know? And so it made me, there's been a lot of great men that have tried, but because I was like, oh, I don't know for sure. And I never want to hurt someone again. I'm never like, I got to make sure it's the perfect timing. And it wasn't until, you know, I finally, and y'all know the story, I finally did meet someone that I, I really liked and had a great connection with, but still wasn't sure. And so I let it go, was when I finally was like, oh, now I have to take, like, I'd be okay with taking risk in relationships. Like, I, like oh, this might not be my husband and it's totally fine you your heart can be broke again and it's going to be okay but it didn't make sense to me until i saw that post like oh you know when i was looking back i was like why did i not try with this guy or that guy i was like he said one thing i was like oh he's not my husband he's not my husband he's my husband and it took the other person i really did love and then break my heart then i was like oh okay well <laughs> that's why it's been so hard <laughs> you know yeah, lessons, lessons learned. And I think it's only just going to help you continue to grow in a positive direction so that whenever your man do come, he on his way. He here. He, he here. He here. Bay around the corner. <laughs> but, um, but for me, um, one thing that I learned in my last situationship was that people will only do to you what you will allow them to do to you. Yeah. And if you continue to stay in a situation, you can constantly place, place blame on them. Um, why won't you treat me right? Why won't you love me the way I love you? Why won't you be faithful to me the way I'm faithful to you? It's just like, people are going to do what you allow. You can be quote unquote, the best, most kindest, most sweetest down, right down person in the world. But, if someone's not being that to you, it's your responsibility to, to, to say, Hey, I, I don't agree with the way you're treating me. So, and then when that person does or does not make the decision, you have to make, you have to move accordingly. And so I did learn that. And one thing carrying it that over into my new relationships, um, I had to learn to, to not be as guarded anymore because I, I I was very young, and so I I blame a lot of things. And this was like my second relationship. I wasn't experienced in in relationships, my you know. So I was just I would say that it taught me um, what I had to learn all over again was trust because my trust was so so broken, and it was just it was a shocker because I'm I was thinking you know if you're good to people, people are going to be good to you automatically. And that was not the case. And so I had this very, very guarded mentality, like, I don't want to get hurt again. I don't want to get hurt. So I need to be checking and making sure I, I catch any little thing before you even get to that point of hurt. So I just had to learn to trust 
trust God more importantly and trust that God won't put me in a predicament that I will, you know, get hurt again, but then also using my own better judgment and discernment to see if like a situation doesn't serve me, I have to take action on that and not just continuously go through the same thing over and over and over again, thinking that this person is going to change. Yeah. Being proactive, Mm -hmm. choosing yourself really. Yes. 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 And uh, for me, you know, we, the thing is, y'all, we're, we're in our 20s. So that's a disclaimer for those who are listening. Like, we are still young. So our relationships that we are referring to are like, you know, in our, you know, younger adult age. So I, like, the thing is, I try not to generalize or base my older, my past relationships on um, and say, oh, all men are bad, you know, because of this one particular person because I had to understand like that's that individual that's that person you know because how they grew up and the things that they saw affected how they treated people and how they moved and how they did things and I just try not to fault people or you know treat all men a certain way because of one incident or one situation with one man and then also so just with each each relationship I really just try to understand how do I, what do I like and what do I don't like? Well, how do I like being treated? How do, you know, this day-to-day interaction with this person and just understanding what I enjoy in a relationship and what I don't, you know, so I'm just trying to understand myself really. Yeah. Not trying yeah. to understand men because I do think that that's something that us as women we do we're like okay i'm gonna pick this person's brain and ask these questions and try to understand and generalize all men but it's like no when you're in a relationship you're with a you're dating this one person so you have to understand who this person is so when i ask questions and trying to understand their morals and their values and how they move i was understanding and taking it for okay this is who this person is and this is how they are and that's good. Really, and just as I grew, you know, just understanding me and how certain things affected me from my past relationships, from family, my trauma, and understanding how that triggered and how that came out and was portrayed to this person that I was dating. So, I mean, it, it's just something that it's, it was always evolving for me. Dating is something that I... it's it's a growth it's it's something that you it's it's evolution like it's going to take time to get to that place where you're like okay I think I've learned everything that I could learn I think I see some I, I, I think I get it you know and I'm ready to you know do this again you you just have to be in that space where you're ready to be you know just dating and understanding that okay I don't know that part I agree with you, and I think it's re- being re- ready. Um, you froze, Kobe. Okay. Here. No, I'm thinking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying to. I'm just like, am I making sense? Like, is this? <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad you said that because, yes, it is about actually being ready, and that's what I, you know, I thought I was ready to a certain degree like I was like oh yeah I'm ready to find that perfect person mm-hmm. but with me trying to find that perfect person was actually showing me that I wasn't ready because I wasn't healed um and I didn't even learn to even try and so 
it's very important, like you said, to focus on who you are, who you're dealing with, um, who, you know, it's okay to think about um, what got me in this, like, what am I so afraid of in relationships? Like, yeah. what really reflect on your past relationships because you need to understand what effect it has on you now or had on you. Because if you don't, if you think, oh, I'll just move on, I'm good, da, 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 let me go date, you don't realize that you are actually taking some baggage into that. But it's very important for us to sort out our baggage. You know, you don't want to take some bathing suits to um, <laughs> to Denver, Colorado to go skiing. It don't make sense unless you're in a jacuzzi, a hot one. But um, it's just like, but I think it goes back to that, like, just not knowing. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm okay. Next person going to be my husband, blah, 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 blah. But then I was shutting down everyone that I think think was my husband, not realizing that my my past relationship really took a toll on me. And now that I know that it did, I'm able to really think about it and heal from it. And now I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think you, you, you have to go through that, that place of um, self-reflection, self-reflection, that window. And it looks different for all of us, but you really have to go through that, that place where you, 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 you reflect on the situation. And I think through that, that's when the healing takes place. And the healing may look different for everyone. Yeah. And, and also in that, I don't want people to like strive to get to this place where they're 100% healed. Right. Because that will never, ever happen. We always gonna have some, some something, but you do want to make sure you get to a place to where you were, um, you were self-sufficient again where you are self-confident again where you feel like you are bringing something to the table where you're good i don't want to say good enough but like to where you feel like you can 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 bring something to a union so it doesn't you may not have to go to the point to where you know i don't feel any emotional trauma but identifying the traumas in it of itself is a place of healing and maybe who knows, you could, God send someone on your path that can, that can give you that reassurance, like I'm here through, through it all, no matter what that may be. Well, I'm not, okay, see, I have a little, little, <laughs> just I, I don't think people should be there through it all, no matter what, because like something's just toxic and you should <laughs> probably get out of the situation. But like, you know, I just don't want people to just strive for like being, I, I'm not healed, so I don't need to, but you do want, you don't want to, like Tiffany say, bring baggage where, you know, you, you still over here thinking about your ex in this new relationship. So it's just, it's a fine line that you want to get to for that. It's like a balanced place where you feel that, yes, I've been hurt. You can identify the hurt, but when I, I don't have to go on this person's IG every day anymore. You know, I don't have to, uh, when they call me, I don't, you know, go down memory lane and I'm not winding up over at their house anymore, you know? So it's just certain levels along your healing journey that you, you know, you know, when you know, when you get there, that like, you'll feel inside and you'll see from your actions you're making with, on the outside, whether or not that you can go and move forward in a new relationship. No, seriously. That's good. It looks different. But I just want to know what y'all learned. So thank you.
Okay, my last little question, and I think I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Which I, I posed this question on my story, and it just came from, you know, just with everything going on, the protests and everybody, you know, trying to support Black businesses and buy Black. Um, one day, Shea Moistures was uh, trending. And so the CEO, you know, came on and wrote like a five page rant, you know, going on about everything and how upset she was about, you know, people being mad and not supporting Shea Moistures because, you know, they sold to, I believe, L'Oreal or they sold to some other company. So it is black founded and black led back brand, but they sold. Um, so my question is, if you have a product, you're the founder of a brand or a company, um, and you've grown to this place, maybe you've hit a, a ceiling, you have, I don't know, whatever. A multinational corporation approaches you. So whether it's a tech company, whether you are a hair product, whatever you have, somebody like Samsung, a Target, whoever, this big, big national corporation approaches you and says, hey, we wanna buy your company. Hey, we wanna stake in your company, whatever it is. Would you sell? It depends okay. because it depends on I'm gonna speak for myself specifically and then I'm gonna speak um for Shea Moisture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because um I'm gonna speak on Shea Moisture first because the person who owned it, he's a black man, um he actually sold it and then he actually bought back Essence magazine. Um and so other people don't realize that a lot of entrepreneurs sometimes they even start a business for the purpose of actually selling it so they could do other things that they actually want to do so my 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 answer is if i am if this is my life works and i believe this is my legacy yes i'm not going to sell it but if it's something I'm like oh i know this could make money or this is too much for me now this is too much going on then I'll sell it and be able to start another business. But I think it is very important for people, uh, for however, especially black products like hair, we need to be able to be that bigger corporation. We cannot keep selling to these bigger businesses because we are always gonna buy hair products. Like there has to be a bigger corporation that can handle all these black owned uh, all these black owned businesses if need be with the manufacturers and stuff we can't keep selling to these bigger corporations and i know like shea moisture is doing amazing things in the community and giving grants to black owned businesses and it is ceo rand and, and stuff like that but i don't i also don't think people should be mad at them for knowing the truth because now that they know i want them to be able to say okay well this is y'all know y'all doing good in the community y'all still gonna be all right but I just want to bring my dollar to a black owned product. And that's it. Like I rather, I rather give to a black owned, owned company, you know, and maybe at the end of the day, the black owned company is my first choice. But if I'm on a target run in the middle of Denver, Colorado, I might pick up some Shea Moisture because I know it's CEO led, so black led. So, you know, that it is what it is, but yeah, people need to know who, who they're actually buying from. There's there's another company that also sold, um, they were with Shea, who also sold that, their products were amazing. Um, I bought a lot of their lotion. 
um, <laughs> called Nubian Heritage. And yeah. I was so happy that it was black owned, but they sold to a bigger company too. So I'm like, Carol's daughter, Let's Jam, yeah. Main Choice, Shea Moisture. You know, the list goes on. A lot of black founded hair products have sold to bigger companies. Yeah. But, and, oh, no, the last ahead. thing, like you were saying about voting, um, Masterpiece is the same thing. Like, it must be valuable if they want to give you all this money for it. You know what I mean? So think about that. Yeah. That I have two two parts on this, and it's kind of basically everything you just said. But um, so would I sell if a company offered me a large amount of money? It just, like Tiffany said, it depends. And I'm glad that you brought up the the um, the the point that some people build businesses just to sell them, because in entrepreneurship, that is that is how a lot of people make their their money. It's like you build a company up, and a lot of times the reason why you do sell is because these national corporations they can reach out to a, a larger a large yeah, to the masses a lot more quicker because of the productions, the manufacturers, and so forth and so on. And um, I think I don't think it's a bad thing, especially if you're reinvesting it into like you said he re, um the owner of shade the ceo i mean, no, the owner of shade moisture reinvested it back into essence magazine so i don't think honestly me personally is a bad thing but when you look at the um you look at the hair industry maybe the they are wanting to pass the baton to other black ceos when they do sell it's just when you're looking at the charts, looking at the statistics, and you're seeing that this company can actually grow your business if they you sell it to them versus if I sell it to you, your production system, your marketing system, in a couple years, my company could potentially fail and it could be no more Shea Moisture. You have to think about these things as a business owner. If you're selling your, your lifelong legacy and you can't find a sustainable black person with the resources that can carried on but i know i don't want to carry this burden anymore and this is a really good deal and also it's going to allow me to reinvest the money into other black owned industries that i that i can now become an owner of it's just a lot of different aspects we have to look at versus they just selling out they selling out because we don't know what they're doing with the money once they're selling it because like you said they could be you know starting a black owned nonprofit now they could be moving into other areas that are helping or still being a black CEO, they just may not be the black CEO of Shea Moisture anymore. So those are things to, to look at when we are talking about selling, because whenever you take a company public, well, from private to public, it is a huge jump. And I didn't realize what this even meant until I read the Robert Kiyosaki, The Guide to Invest In. And it's something along the lines when you go from a small business to a, a multi um, a multi a multi-business a big business and that's when you have you're considered a big business when you have 500 employees or plus and so to do something like that i don't know it it, it seems like you would have to have a, a lot of resources a lot of it, it just has to be very strategic and even if you look at jay-z he had title he sold title half a title to was it sprint he sold a stake. He sold a stake in title of title okay part. he acquired that company for us one price it grew and he, he was able to profit from that. So mm. he, that was his thing. He sold a stake to um, Sprint and then all the artists have equity within the company. So it, it is ways right. you can make it work for you. 
right that's looking at those terms the own channel, channel you know we all think just oprah owns it but it's really like discovery channel like yes stuff like that as well but i i like that solution of at least being part of the owner of it exactly mm -hmm. and that's really what i wanted people to understand with this question is that you have to understand business like it's not just this person like you say jazz it's just selling out like it's business and i just wanted black people to understand that it's not always a sellout situation that some people you know created this just to sell just so they can pour that money back into the black community with grants and other opportunities or you know franchise real estate whatever um that you can you, know, you can negotiate your terms that you can say hey i want you, you can um, you can only buy a state or I still want to be on the board. I still want to make decisions and still be able to see because this is my baby. I created this and right. I want to know what's going to happen to it. But I just want everybody to understand that because I look at even uh, Blockbuster. Netflix approached Blockbuster and now where is Blockbuster? Mm -hmm. That hurt. In existence. Mm. So but we can't also, think emotional. We got to think business mind. Yes, but also, you know, the other side of it too, Tiff, like you said, they they see something valuable in it. They see the worth. And that is one thing with Black people, you know. And somebody's show, our, our good friend show, she helped me see that in the cold. They were like, obviously, this big company saw something special within your company. And so you can grow it to the potential that they've seen it yourself. You can do it yourself. Yeah. It's, it's true and it's it's just like i think what you probably are getting at more than anything kobe is like we are so quick to judge yeah. um without even thinking I'm about all the other scenarios because yeah. if you're in that position if someone offered you 500 million dollars <laughs> you know i don't know how much it was but you're able to say well i need to make sure that it's that that the company is black led and you're gonna give these grants to people on a like I'm pretty sure they put those stipulations in there. Right term. Those terms oh, they sign off and cancel because we're so quick as a black community to oh you canceled. Oh you did this, you canceled. We done. We not supporting you. But it's like, wait, 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 wait. Let's just see, you know, what what the terms were. Let's and that kind of end why we made why they made this decision. Right. And that kind of just goes back to having a seat at your own table or having a seat at the table you work together because they're we, we have to be honest these companies have been doing this for hundreds of years so they have way more resources like they do even someone as is jay-z caliber he had to partner with a multi-billion dollar company so it's just like we can't say have so much pride and be like i can just do it myself I, first look at the terms look at the agreement see how this could work see how like tiffa was saying you can write out things in writing that can put things in place for your community say they have to give certain x amount of dollars in grants per year to the african-american community fund college funds scholarships whatever you can make it work for you and a portion of royalties could go to your family forever like for your kids 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 still get money off of shape generational so, wealth yeah like that may be generation of i created this business so i can have generational wealth so i'm selling i got I, I did what i did they, they approached me they gave me my and it's a lot of work it's a lot it, of work it like is. running your business is a lot of work at the end of the day that's why it's like it has to be a heart thing but yeah. i also i it is good though because there is a lot of companies that aren't black owned but act like they're black owned yeah. and i um, i knew that shea moisture wasn't black owned three years ago so because i i and i knew the initiatives that they were taking because i was looking at their instagram like 
<laughs> excuse me, like I, I read the headline because I'm I'm really a, like I really do look at that, and so I think it is still important that Black people know that this isn't Black owned, so they can make a decision on how they are intentionally spending their money because if they intentionally know that, maybe Shea Moisture, um, maybe another Black owned company can can get the resources and the finances to build that manufacturing to be that big company because you know we want that too we really do we do and I, and i'm glad that this guy acquired ss magazine because ss magazine was is not black was not black owned bet is not black owned so you know but you know tv one is and radio one is you know so but the breakfast club on iHeartRadio radio is not black owned Hey. But it's still doing so much in the community. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, it's a lot. It is. Girl, so many layers. So many layers. But a lot of times, like you're saying, just sell it doesn't mean selling out. Cause like the fact that the like Charlemagne and Angela Yee and Envy, they all work for iHeart, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but they all have their own businesses that are black on now because they worked with the Joined system. With, yeah. Let's right. go. That's so, real. Don't be. It's like it's it's a really it's a good balance. Like just think about the balance, but know the system so you can know how to work it. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's all I got. <laughs> me too. Yeah. All right, y'all. What time is it? It's affirmation time. It's affirmation time. It's affirmation. So, y'all, if this is your first time tuning in on the Soul Feeling Podcast, we always, 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 always end our podcast with a positive affirmation. So, what the heck is an affirmation? An affirmation is any statement that you are using to transform your life. Either you transform your life for the good, or you transform your life for the not so good. In the Bible, it states, let the weak say I am strong. So on those days when you're not feeling like your best self, still speak life over to you, over your life. Say, I'm getting better and better. Things just keep happening for my good and et cetera. Even in the Bible, it states, let the weak, oh wait, I already said this, didn't I? <laughs> so it's three of, I'm affirming that it is millions, billions, trillions of y'all out there tuned in and it's three of us so who want to go first say positive affirmations <laughs> i am uprising communities i am educating myself my community and we are taking action on that information i embrace success the words i can't are not in my vocabulary and i refuse to believe my own excuses. I am unstoppable. And lastly, I am black and I am proud. Ooh. I'm black and I'm proud. Oh, wait, can't be cutting the fist off. <laughs> hey. Um, <laughs> hey, Soulmates. Thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, you know, even though we were trying to have a light podcast, you know, we got to get deep and make sure y'all saw it. So if y'all love this episode, please go ahead and share it. Um, we will repost and we will reshare with y'all what y'all um what y'all put out and make sure that you're subscribed to us everywhere. But if you are listening to us specifically on Apple Podcasts, please give a, us a five star rating and write something soulful and sweet so we can continue going up in the rankings. Yo, mm -hmm. when anybody asks you what your your favorite podcast is, make sure to tag 
Soul Filling Podcast. S O L F I L L I N G P O D. Wait, why am I spelling <laughs> podcast? <laughs> we love you guys so much. We'll talk to you later. Until next time, soulmates. We love y'all. Bye.